You're listening to Food Through the Lens with Caroline Kenyon on Food FM. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Good morning. I'm Caroline Kenyon, founder director of Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year, and it's my enormous pleasure to have with me Liz Galbraith and Emma Slight. We announced the winners of Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year 2021 last night. So hot off the press, here we are to discuss the overall winner and some of our favourite category winners. Liz, would you just like to tell us who you are and your background in food photography? Hi, I'm Liz Galbraith. I was creative director of BBC Good Food for around 20 years. And uh, during that time, I also created and launched Olive magazine. I'm now a freelance creative director and I work exclusively with food images. I've got um, many years of experience of commissioning and art directing food photography. And it's what I'm really, really passionate about. I love the environment. I love dealing with food images and the whole food world in general. Lovely. Thank you, Liz. Emma, tell us who you are. Hi, so I'm Emma Slight. I'm the head of food content at Marks and Spencers. And part of my job is looking after the food photography for the brand. So a lot of the beautiful images you'll see in store and in publications and in editorial and have the absolute pleasure and privilege of working with many incredibly talented photographers from across the industry in that space. And just personally have a great, deeply invested passion for and love of food photography. So have been absolutely delighted to have been a judge for the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year Awards for the past few years. Um, what an honour and a privilege. Wonderful. Thank you, Emma. And um, yes, what I should have said at the beginning of the course is that you are both on the main judging panel, which is now global, 50 strong and reflects really every aspect and the ways in which food photography touches culture and life. So overall winner, what a remarkable image. I'd love to have your response. It's called um, Taste and it's by a Chinese photographer, Li Huafeng. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, Liz, tell me how you felt when you heard that this picture had become have been chosen as our overall winner? Well, it's a very worthy winner. As always, the um, finalists in each category are all fantastic images, but this is an outstanding picture. And there's so much to talk about in it. So I won't grab all the, all the limelight, but just to create that image, to see that image and capture it on um on as a photograph is an extraordinary feat the the way the light is shining through the window the way the specific people involved are illuminated the little girl her face is showing up in the light and she's one of the central characters in the story there I mean there's so much happening and it's a wonderful wonderful picture yeah I'm inclined to agree it's it's definitely one that I had a instant reaction to which is really what you want when you're looking at photography you want to have that evocative visceral reaction to something you're seeing and that certainly brought out in me I think one of the things I love most about it is it's almost painterly in the way it's composed. So you would hang it on your wall as art because every time you look at it, you notice something slightly different. So you'll go back in and you'll see the newspapers um, pasted to the walls or the light of the fire underneath the cooking station or the dumplings being made on, on the side table or as you say, Liz, that the, the gorgeous expression on that little girl's face. So it really gives you something different each time you look at it. And I think it's an incredibly memorable image. 
Yes, I, I, I agree with you both. I think you've described it beautifully. I mean, it's it's just a very small family in China uh, cooking together. And that seems so so humble and so simple. But I think it says so much also about the last year that we've lived in these very small units of family. Well, you know, some people have been on their own, but it's made the bond so intense. And I, I think there's a real Madonna and child resonance about the way that the, the mother and the child are looking at each other. It's just that total love and adoration, which is really beautiful. But joy as well, I think. And I think that's so important when you consider, particularly given the last year we've had, just it's it's like a tiny snapshot of joy and, and that joy being brought back again to the family and a simple family ritual of preparing food and, and what, how that can bring a family closer together. And I think that's why it resonated so strongly. Yes, I agree yeah, with I, you. Gosh, we do need joy, don't we? That's that's so interesting, of course, bearing in mind the year that we've had and how much food has brought people together. I know in the community I live in, it's fairly disparate, but over the last year, we've all been together and have spent so much more time together eating and, and I'm talking about my family obviously eating together um, and previously maybe we didn't so you know the joy of coming together even though we've been forced to in the last year with the lockdown um, is is just exquisitely displayed here. I think um, I think you're right it's that sort of food has always been a pivotal moment more or less so in, in a lot of people's lives but over the last year it was sort of the one piece of joy of your day you're thinking about yeah. sort of well something to look forward to is what am I going to make for lunch what am I going to make for dinner and I know a lot of people used it as an opportunity to, to explore cooking skills and different different ways of cooking and eating and different styles of food and I think it's a real sort of remembering how important food is and 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 in pivotal to our lives and how much joy you can take in the simple pleasures of just sitting down cooking and eating together and making the uh food from scratch which is obviously what's happening here you know making the dumplings from scratch and I think a lot of us did that over the last year is making food from scratch I mean I have much more than I ever have before yes I think you're right it's a a wonderful um, connection with the food and with feeding and nourishing and with your family community and it's shown here in this image Yes, it's wonderful. It really is a picture for our times, isn't it? Yeah. So, Liz, I think you've picked out a couple of favourite winners from this year to talk about. So share with us, describe to us the image and then tell us, you know, what it was that that made you pick it. Okay, the first one I'd like to talk about is in the Claire Aho Award for Female Photographers category. And the winner of this category is um, Female Butchers of Panzano by Marina Spironetti. And this is a amazing shot. Um, At first glance, you see a classical portrait. There is a sort of direct, unwavering gaze from this girl who's looking straight out at us. And she's in a butchery and uh, she's holding onto a carcass of meat. Um, But there's no shyness or pretense about her. What you see is what you get. And the way she's looking out of her is slightly challenging. And her stance is an authoritative one. She's holding the meat. She's assured and she knows what she's doing. Um, Her hands are touching a carcass, not gripping, almost maybe caressing it. So she's obviously loving what she's doing. And she doesn't 
display any uncertainty or recalcitrance in this, which, you know, you could see this as quite a challenging environment, which is perfectly at home there within this. And I think what Marina Spironetti has done so well is just being able to capture that and utilise photographic and image-making techniques. So the um, subject matter is slightly looking down on us. I think probably there's a very slightly lowered camera angle and that gives us a feeling of authority from her. And of course, the really one of the most stunning things about this picture is the limited colour palettes, which is really red and the flesh colour and the silver, the silver of her chainmail. So the red of her very carefully, very red applied lipstick um, and the blood, of course, on the carcasses and then her red jumper. Uh, her pale flesh on her face is mirrored really in the carcasses uh, in the slaughtered meat and then there's the chainmail apron and this sort of brings a glint of light and reflection into the image and there's there's an echo of metal in the um, metallic structure supporting the uh, carcasses that surrounds her and then when I look into it I see the black speckled hat she's got on and there's slightly metallic feel to it in this context so it's a very really well thought out image and I think it benefits hugely from less is more you know really if you look at it what is there in there is only two things it's the girl and the meat and it's so direct and so powerful um, and her gaze towards us just draws you in absolutely you know you want to be there with her one of the things that i like about uh, so many of the images that have been submitted and won this year is the extra story around them and as soon as i see this picture i want to look into it more and find out more and read everything that's going on and of course she's got a little nose ring in which is just such a lovely touch because we think of possibly bulls with nose rings in too i mean obviously it's a fashion item and she looks amazing with it but you know you just kind of make that link in your head so overall i find this uh, an incredibly powerful portrait and i i kind of wondered if there was some heritage in the classic painted portraits mm. of the 18th and 19th century where you know, she inhabits her environment totally and the extraordinarily powerful narrative that uh, the photographer Marina has brought to this is a testament to Marina's skill and understanding of making images. Goodness, what an absolutely wonderful exposition of that photograph, Liz. That was magnificent in its own right, wasn't it, Emma? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I sort of absolutely didn't want to butt in, but when you were saying certain things, I was it was quite difficult to convey on a podcast. But I was nodding uh, <laughs> emphatically. I, I definitely agree with you. I think um, portrait is an interesting one, isn't it? Because you often end up with often often kind of coy, candid, kind of pretend I'm not here 
actions with the camera even though you know behind the scenes you've got a lighting rig or a cameraman often yeah, so yeah. and I think the absolute confronting gaze that we get here is actually quite unusual particularly in food photography and it really stood out this year um, for me and I love her absolute unapologetic look of power in this picture I think it's incredibly provocative um, but yeah I, I utterly understand what you're saying around the um sort of 18th and 19th century portraiture. I was thinking about William Holman Hunt when I was looking at this sort of a position of power with sort of almost like you've been hunting and you're standing over your kill and it's been captured in oil painting. There are elements of that within this, certainly with the chain mail and all of those echoes of, of sort of archaic power. But I just think there's such, as you said, there's a real fine balance to this. And the more you look at it, because it can be quite a confronting image, all images which have carcasses in our by their very nature you're, you're going to have a reaction mm -hmm. to them but um we're positive or negative and not necessarily either of those are a bad thing but i think um for a very confronting image it's actually rather lovely to look at yes absolutely. Well, absolutely you're right yes i didn't probably mention that it's beautiful isn't it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is i mean i have to I, it's really interesting that you mentioned holman hunt emma i was thinking more of a, a goya or a velasquez i mm. probably think dark and I just thought, you know, there's this, yes. you know, the exotic, beautiful young woman. She's so charismatic. And she made me think of, of a medieval knight in her chain. Well, it's the Joan of Arc with the chainmail, yeah, isn't it? Of course, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, a very, very rich conversation about one absolutely stunning image. Lizzie, what's your, what's your second picture that you've chosen? My second picture is the winner of the politics of food category and this is called Old Friends by Sandro Maddalena. Um, this is a, another incredibly intriguing image and first we look at it and we think it's a group of friends eating together, sharing time together and sharing their food and experience together and this is true but there's much more to discover once we know the history and the caption tells us that it was uh, shot in Shaltubo, hope I'm saying that right, which is, uh, I've, I've heard about this place, it's an old Soviet Union spa resort with hugely grand and decorative sanatoriums that were built in the 20s for spa treatments and uh, healing water treatments and uh, generally enjoying the very best of luxury in the area. And when the Soviet Union broke up, they all fell into disuse and decay and subsequently um, were used for refugees from ethnic Georgian refugees to take shelter there. And these are some of the refugees that are still there 25 years later. So already there's an incredible story behind that that we now know. Um, the two men on the right are looking down and the two men on the left are looking out of the shot and that tells you that something more is happening we don't know what it is but it draws me in because i'm kind of thinking what's going on who's doing something what's happening just out of the frame and just the way that the heads on the right are down and the heads on the left are turned away your eye moves across the image um as you follow that and there's beautiful light falling through the window on the right and each one of their foreheads is illuminated we only see the back of the heads illuminated on the right but their foreheads are illuminated and what uh, the photographer has done 
is uh, utilize this limited color palette that we're seeing here, which is the bluey green and the red. So the three shirts are in blue or green and the wall behind is in blue or green. And then the only one who's not wearing a blue or green shirt is wearing a red shirt. And this is of course the color of the tomatoes and the apples we see on the table. But there is a spot of extra color in there, which is the yellow of the carrier bag hanging up. Uh, which is very well illuminated by the light shining into the room, but we don't know what there is in the bag. Maybe it's what they brought the food in, some utensils, or, or we just don't know. So that's another very intriguing um, part of the story that we're not entirely party to. Um, then we, when we look at the table, there's a mixture of china plates and enamel bowl and I think I can see a paper plate there on the front left. So it, you kind of understand that it's a bit haphazard and uh, the eating utensils have come from different places. And there's that lovely, beautiful, well-used knife laid over the bowl with tomatoes are in. And even though the wall behind is cracked and broken and the table is a bit scuffed, um, the bread and the apples and the tomatoes and the sauces all look to me very appetizing and that's partly I think by the clever way that um, that Sandra Maddalena has lit this picture and I get the feeling of a really strong feeling of camaraderie and closeness between the men because there's a familiarity and ease in their postures and on the left, the two men actually are echoing the same posture, and that's always a, a kind of interesting thing in an image to have a repeated stance like that, um, which is, uh, I'm guessing, is entirely coincidental, but it makes very powerful part of composition. Um, and even though none of them are looking at each other, I still feel there's a familiarity and ease in in the um, setting that they're in. So it's an unexpected and intriguing story behind a group gathering for a simple meal and a powerful image constructed well, using seemingly very simple elements and I have to say handled masterfully by uh, Sandro Maddalena. Thank you, Liz. That was really just so fascinating. Emma, how did you respond to this picture? Well, this is one of my favourites too, Liz, absolutely. I think for me, it's the narrative that sits behind this. It's the story. I just want to know more. You look at it and you, you're right. You just come up with more questions than you have answers. So yeah. you mentioned you mentioned the plastic bag and it's one of the first things I noticed. And I spent a while looking at it and I just, I just want to know what's inside it. I want to know what they're eating. I want to know what the man at the, the sort of uh, the foreground to the right is pouring into his cup. And I really want to know what someone said out of frame to the left to make those two guys turn around and look at him just off camera. But um, I just, I think this is one of the ones that's almost enriched by the context of it. So looking at it, as you say, you just look at it as sort of a people sitting around enjoying food together. They could be friends, they could be, they could be old family members, they could, we don't really know their connection. They could just be in their own community, but reading the context behind it uh, and learning about where they're from and, and why they're there, it, it gives it an, an extra layer of richness. 
to the picture that just aids the narrative for me. And it just leaves me wanting more. I think it's a stunning image whether you know the story or not. And once you know the story, it becomes even more intriguing. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, history of art. If you don't know, if you don't know the story of, I don't know, the burning bush or something, and you see a painting that references it, then your, your response is going to be more limited. It's funny, isn't it? It's like being told to like something because of context. So I guess a good example for me, I, I'm a, <laughs> I, I write a bit about wine and, and, and I do enjoy wine. So I, I think the way I would frame it is someone giving you a glass of wine and telling you this is a really good wine. And it almost invalidates your natural response to something because you've been told you should like it because it's good, because the context is it's a good wine, it's an expensive wine, therefore, you know, your your personal feelings are almost rendered irrelevant, whereas they're really not. It's how do you respond to it? How do you feel about it? And it's just a relevant response. So uh, the sort of initial emotional reaction is just as strong as the context for me. Fascinating. Thank you. So Emma, let's turn to you and your choices. I know you've picked out two really interesting ones. I have. So starting with, um, how could I not, the uh, M&S Food Portraiture category winner. So an absolutely stunning image that won, th- that won this year from uh, a Perth-based photographer called um, Harriet Hart. Um, I mean, when we talk about food photography, we talk a lot in in the sense of it being artistic or it being a piece of art, which it very much is. But when it comes to food, my goodness, it has to do the appetite appeal for me. And this sort of sim, this sort of image symbolises that real appetite appeal for me. It's a gorgeous, glossy deep, rich, luxurious picture of mould pears. There's a tenuous little iridescent drizzle of sugar syrup just being dropped in from the top and gently languorously falling down the side of one of these plump shiny pears and it is just a perfect example of just beautiful food artistically shot but not inaccessibly shot and that's that's another thing that I really look for in food photography is yes we want it to be so beautiful that you'd hang it on your wall but my God, you'd want to stick your face in it. And this one does that for me. It looks sweet and juicy and just like you want to take a bite out of it. Um, I think there's a real sort of sense of, uh, it's multi-sensory to me, this shot, because yes, visually it's incredibly appealing and it's beautiful, but looking at it, you can almost smell it. So you know they're mulled pears, so you can see just the edge of a curl of a cinnamon roll coming in, a cinnamon stick rather. (laughs) A cinnamon roll would be quite odd in this context. So you can see the edge of a cinnamon stick coming in from the right-hand side. And you can almost imagine these being cooked in a kitchen. So that smell in the air of cinnamon and cloves and and, and star anise and and the sort of the rich purple colour. It's almost monastic in in, in the depth of the colour. So you know those pears have been soaked in syrup for hours before they've been gently cooked until they're almost stick a spoon in them and they would just melt open on a plate. And I think Harriet did an absolutely fantastic job of just sort of keeping those front two pairs in perfect focus. So you've got a glossy, glossy sheen from some quite direct light there coming in from the side, but soft enough that the uh, pairs in the background are knocked back so that it feels gentle and warm. And I guess that's what this image is really saying to me. It's warmth on a plate that I want to eat, which is, you know, if that doesn't win you over, I don't know what will. Wonderful. Thank you, Emma. I think um, I think the word I would um, apply to it is seductive. 
Mm. And, and I think that you have described it extraordinarily seductively as well. <laughs> really, I was just on the edge of my chair, just listening to the sort of... <laughs> well, you know, this is not just a picture. No, I'm joking, but you know what I mean. Absolutely know what you mean. And your picture number two. My picture number two, I am an art over this, but I went with this one because... I just not only did I enjoy it as an image and I found it quite confronting and thought provoking, but just because I think it's actually quite fun. So uh, my second choice was the Fujifilm Award for Innovation. So it's a simply fascinating shot. And I think when we talk about innovation, it's quite a tricky word when it comes to photography, because often you can get quite stuck on, well, it must be a completely never before done way of shooting or a completely new production or development process or technique. And often you can get that innovation or that sense of newness or difference or surprise by changing your angle or doing something unexpected with your angle. And that's exactly what the photographer's done here. So it's a beautiful shot by Abdul Momin and it's in um, Bangladesh. Uh, so it's of a factory worker with noodles. It's titled, A Worker is Inspecting Rice Noodles. And what he's done is he's, I believe he's sort of, the worker may be on a ladder, but he's laid down on the ground and just shot straight up. So as opposed to sort of going side on with the noodles and having lots of strings in shot, what you've got is actually just row upon row upon row of a cascade of golden strands. And at first glass, you you almost doesn't quite register as noodles. Like it could be, it could be straw, it could be hair almost in some shots. But then you look at it a bit closely and you can see the individual strands coming down into frame. And it's just, it's actually a truly beautiful shot. And um, the color of the noodles is just that uniformity so you've got some edges of highlight that are sort of platinum gold and then you've got sort of rich straw hay coloured and burnished bronze as you go up higher and the light sort of diminishes as you get towards the ceiling. And all that gorgeous gold has created almost a halo effect around the worker in the middle as he's raising his arms to sort of arrange the noodles on their hanging frames. So he's almost got a bit of a golden cast on his face and it, it, it almost makes it almost a very simple scene rendered epic not only by the the colors and the richness of it but just by the ingenuity of the angle and i think it's 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 a really brilliant example of with the category title so of innovation so um, a, a delightful and really worthy winner in my opinion well that's so lovely to hear emma how did you respond to it liz it's very interesting um i agree with with you emma completely and we had some discussion about this on the night mm, of we did judges um, uh, choosing the uh, finalists uh, and the question that came up was was it innovative enough innovative enough and I have seen hundreds and hundreds of pictures of noodles and I've never seen one shot from this angle and I think it's absolutely fascinating that um, you can photograph noodles in a different way and boy has he done that you know it is amazing and I agree with you that one of the really stunning things is the depth and the variety of color in the noodles that are showing because of the way he's photographed it the way the light falls off as it goes f further away from us and you get the browner tones and then mm. there's the golden light as it comes towards us and then the very bleached end of the noodles were, that are right towards us and the texture is amazing mm, so yeah absolutely. i think it's a fabulous shot and you know really clever to have thought of doing that I and, just, we'll it, and 
noodles how, like that. And how brilliant is it that um, a shot of noodles won the award for innovation? Because you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I can't, billions of shots must have been taken of noodles, but that I think is sort of testament to to Abdul Momin's absolute sort of photographic eye and his ability to, to deliver a shot like this. Yeah, and also I think we have to acknowledge that sometimes it's not easy to to, you know, we don't know what he was lying on. He might have been lying in something wet if they're drying or <laughs> you know, maybe a floor of flour. And I think, you know, for photographers to go and get that shot, even though it's not the easiest shot to get, is something that is really needs to be celebrated. You know, it's part of what makes this such a good shot. Absolutely. It's dedication to your to your field and to, yeah, to, the, to yeah. the work you love that, you know, no stone unturned and no angle untried. And I think that's yeah. a, a brilliant example of just that. Definitely. I, I think dedication to their art is is manifested in spades in this um, competition. It's to, mm. you know, that I, I always feel very humbled by photographers sharing their images with us because it's such they make themselves vulnerable. You know, you expose your soul when you send your images into a competition to be judged but you know that the scale of commitment to the art of photography is is extraordinary and it makes me feel very emotional actually i noticed this year um the young talent awards the three categories haven't they come on aren't those amazing shots you know and we've always had fantastic images entered but this year it seemed better than ever and there seems to be an extraordinary competence among people who are very very young which is I, I love that I love seeing the democratization of photography as well and just this idea that anyone can do it and anyone can get into it and if you have enough passion and drive and an artistic eye you can produce something absolutely stunning no matter where you you know who you are where, where you're from and what age you are I yeah. totally agree. And when when we first sort of conceived the awards, I, I, one of the things that inspired me was the summer exhibition of the Royal Academy, which I think is uh, the largest yes. open exhibition in the world. And, I, you know, it is open to everybody. And I, I, that's what I wanted for our awards. I wanted it to be for anybody, be ever so high or ever so low. <laughs> so I, my choices are quite different and just will be the sort of like the sort of the last hurrah of our conversation and the one that I picked out is food influences and it's called Light of Autumn by an Italian photographer Deborah Trocchia and it's a very beautiful probably late 19th century chair with a sort of it upholstered in a rather sort of textured velvety fabric and it's gilded and then there's a silky heavy curtain half across the back and sitting on this lovely chair is a pumpkin. Maybe it's a large squash, I'm not sure, but it's the most beautiful, subtle orange with light sheening off it. And there's, there's a lot of sheen in this picture. There's sheen on the silk of the curtain, sheen on the gilt of the chair, sheen on the pumpkin. And it is very simple. There are just three things in this picture. There's nothing complicated about it. But the reason why I love it it's the storytelling thing again, and I think I think both both um, both of you have highlighted that the number of stories told this year. And, and to me, maybe it's because it was the first ever film that I saw at the cinema. This says to me, Cinderella, pumpkins to me is a fairy tale symbol, and on this beautiful magical chair, which looks as though it could come from some sort of you know, fairy tale palace or something, and the silk curtain 
the heaviness of it, the shadow to the side. And I just, I wonder about it. You know, it, it, it invites me to create a whole world around it. And that's what I love. I love it when a work of art doesn't give you all the answers that, that you want to go behind it. And you're, it's ra rather like radio. One of the reasons why I love radio, I mean, I do love television and film, of course, um, but radio allows you to weave your imagination around the words. And that's what I feel about this picture, that my imagination is creating a sort of spider's web, a shiny, complicated spider's web of imagined thoughts and ideas around it. How about you two? How did you respond to it? Well, I love the colour palette in this. It's such a beautiful muted colour palette. And I suppose for me, the thing about it is what is going on? And why <laughs> is there a huge pumpkin on an, on an ornate chair with a silk curtain? So it's very, very intriguing. And you just, I agree with you, Caroline, you just make up a story in your mind, don't you, about... Wow, uh, it's the fairy tale cues. On. It's the fairy yeah. tale cues, isn't it, of the pumpkin? Yeah. What, what's it turned into or what's it about to turn into? But um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you could look at this and say, is it about the food or is it the food becoming a prop for the picture? And I think it treads a fine line, but I think you're absolutely right. The strength of the composition and the colour palette sort of brings it into that real rich food photography space. Um, and I love the fact, as you say, that it's muted almost in tones. You've got a beautiful shadowing off to the left. It does just sort of make you want to find a little bit more. Or if you can't find out anything more about it, as you say, make up your own story behind it, which absolutely. is a lovely thing to have the invitation to do. Yeah, I, think I think that's what it does. It invites you. Mm very powerfully to create your own story. I think it's one of the few images where I would use the word romantic and that's perhaps why yeah. I, I like it. It was just different. Yeah. So the other picture that I've chosen could not be a greater contrast and this is from the World Food Programme Food for Life category and it is shocking. It's called Drinking from Garbage by Mohammed Mahabub Hussein Khan from Bangladesh and it's a picture of this gorgeous little boy sitting in a rubbish heap of old plastic bottles and he is drinking from a bottle and it's about as shocking as it gets for us in the comfortable first world it's just the idea of such desperation the sort of the degraded context of it and this vulnerable little person who's just grasping for fluid which is even more essential for survival than food. And it does exactly what the category is there to do, which is to show us the need for food, the humanitarian side of food, to make us think about the inequality of the world. I mean, Liz, you referenced earlier about how during the pandemic, so many of us have cooked and that, Emma, you said that food is the little highlight of the day. And yet I read that the head of the World Food Programme said that COVID had triggered a famine of biblical proportions and that 250 million people in the world were now tipped into food poverty. And for me, this is just an extraordinary, moving, beautiful image. Shocking, but I think pictures should shock, can shock. And 
it's a standout shot for me. I'd love to hear what you both think. I think you're right. I mean, there's no getting away from it. It's an incredibly shocking, startling, you, you can't help but react to it in that way. And it's just horribly sad. As you just look at it and it, it's just incredibly difficult to look at but very important to look at and it's the sheer what it's such a comment on so many things as well poverty and and, and the state of the world and the, the garbage heap that they're actually sitting on and that piles and piles and piles of, of plastic is is a message in itself isn't it yes yeah that was one of the things that stuck out for me too as well as the tragic image of the little boy hmm sitting there drinking is the amount of plastic there I mean it's huge vats of it and then spilling out all over the ground and you know we're being encouraged to stop using plastic and it's such a damaging thing for the environment but here is so much of it we're still doing it we're still using it um, so that alongside the sort of emotional pull of the child sitting there sucking drinking from a bottle and being so alone and you know we wonder what he's doing there how he got there where his parents are and what level of need and desperation has brought him to be doing that. So, it, you know, it's two, for me, it's two sh equally shocking things. I think that that is the perfect point at which to draw our wonderful conversation to a close. I think we could talk for hours, we three, couldn't we? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so many so many wonderful images this year thank you both so much thank you for being part of pink lady food photographer of the year we value you so much and it's our 10th anniversary year so wonderful to have marked it with this fabulous conversation thank you thank you both thank you very much online on smart speakers and on listen again this is food fm